Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Welcome back to Homeschool Together Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about our day and what our day looks like, the things that we do, the curriculums that we have been using, and a lot of the ways we do to plan, things that we do to plan, things that we do to prepare for the coming weeks, kind of get an insight into our homeschool life. We're going to be getting into a lot of nuts and bolts. Actually, I think Ariel might be interviewing me for most of this. (laughs) I really think so. You're the one in the trenches, as we say. I am in the trenches. Poilu with the beard. Before we begin, make sure everybody is connecting with us on Facebook, Homeschool Together Podcast Group, and then on Instagram at Homeschool Together Podcast. This is the very first episode we're recording since our big podcast launch. Yeah, it is. So we do have some special shout outs. We do. To some very special friends. Now, everybody in the U.S., we do love you. All our domestic listeners are the best. You make up like 97% of our audience. 97% of our thing. But we do see you, France. We see you. So from both of us, bonjour. bonjour. Also... Say hello to our Facebook groupies that have joined our group. Yes, thank you, Facebook people. We so appreciate you and hope that we can spark some good conversations and, uh, you know, get feedback from you or things you want to hear about on the show. And we have our very first iTunes review. Yes, the very special Voodoo Magic Sauce, whatever it is, the black box of rankings on iTunes very important reviews if you can leave us a review that would be amazing really helps people find the podcast Mm -hmm. it really helps drive us up the rankings when people search for homeschooling we want to be there for other people and you leaving the review helps helps that happen so So, want to say special shout out to angela and your husband thank you for leaving us our very first itunes review i feel like we should have you know how the restaurants have like the first dollar that they made and they put it on the wall i feel like we need like our first itunes review framed a little heart so thank you angela we really appreciate it okay so let's jump into it we may have a little bit of a long podcast today because i don't know depends how much you talk matthew why I'm not a talker, but sometimes I can. I don't know. We've been talking for, we were just joking. We've been talking for a half an hour before we started recording because he's like, I have to say this. I have to tell him this about our day. Yeah. So uh, we'll we'll see how. We'll see how it works. (laughs) Um, So we just want to talk about what we do on a daily basis, kind of lift back that curtain that a lot of these new homeschooling, these accidental homeschooling families, you know, they want to understand how much time we take, want to understand Mm -hmm. what we do. You know, what is the magic secret sauce? And there is no magic. The, spoilers, there's no sauce. This, <laughs> well, is, this is the cheeseburger with no cheese. We, we were talking about this. We are not an extraordinary homeschool family. We are, we are not. not a Pinterest family. If you follow my Instagram, my photos aren't even all that great. I'm, I'm trying to up my IG game, people. But, um, you know, we're... 
you know, we're, we're very normal. We do not have an exceptional gifted child. She's very smart, but she is a regular child. Uh, she's four and a half now. And so we wanted to take you through the curriculum that we're using. So we're using for our kind of overview curriculum, we're using Blossom and Root early years. So they have a volume one, which is for ages two to three and a volume two for ages four to five. So we're using volume two. This is more of a nature-based curriculum. It's got a lot of pieces in it. It's a secular nature-based curriculum. Secular, yes, it is. Um, it's got a lot of good pieces in it. So it's got art appreciation, and then there is art based on the mm. the piece of art that you that you looked at. Music appreciation. It tends to be composers, classical music. Right. Music that's available on YouTube, readily available. Right. Uh, and then there's some STEM. There's a literature component. The STEM is pretty light, though. Like, it's... It's very simple STEM. It's not yeah, like heavy and we're going to talk heavy science, heavy tech. It's not very, very difficult at all. No, we have a whole episode on blossom and root, so we're going to go over the curriculum in detail. Mm-hmm. But just so you kind of have an overview, so there's the STEM component, there's literature and read aloud activities, there's poetry, there is math and reading, though we're not using the mm. math and reading because our daughter's a little bit uh, above that level. And having done this curriculum, you know, we did Torchlight and we'll have a podcast about Torchlight We'll have an well. in-depth podcast there as well. Um, I do feel like this is a better pot. This is a better curriculum to start for the first time. Right. Because personally for me, I've, I've now done two of them. I actually like this curriculum a little bit more for, for, for this age. I think, yeah. you know, we've been talking about this. Our younger daughter is one now and we're going to start her on early years, volume one, then volume two, and then move to Torchlight Pre-K. So we started if, with Torchlight. Right. We, we didn't really know. And, and of the of the two curriculums, Blossom and Root and Torchlight, for the, the Pre-K set, Torchlight really is the older age and it's the more complex of the curriculum. So it, when it we do requ- this the second time through, that's what we're going to do. It requires a lot more work. And if you're a first-time homeschooler, it's no, I actually like Torchlight a lot. Yeah, actually, it's really, great. really did. I got introduced to a ton of books. We really love it. It's just... When you get that 80 or 90 page PDF and you're flipping through it, it can get very scary if it's your first yeah. time ever. It can be a little bit overwhelming. I don't think that, you know, Matt, I remember Matt saw it and I said, don't worry about it. I'm going to plan the whole thing. It didn't scare me but, as I mean, a planner. If, if but a, If there's a mom out there who's all alone doing it all alone, it can yeah. be very scary, very it, intimidating. It's, or, it's a lot. Yeah. I think Blossom and Root is definitely a bit of a better place to start with a younger child. Um, but Torchlight had so much. Anyway, we could go on for a yeah. long time. We're, and we are we're already do... starting the Blossom Root podcast. Yeah, we gotta go yeah and we've got a Torchlight podcast. We're, we're going to talk in depth about how we feel yeah. about both of them and, and what we think the pros and cons are. But uh, for today, so we're doing Blossom and Root. We are not doing the math and the reading part. The reading is letter recognition and letter sounds and our daughter's a bit above that so we're using all about reading level one for her which is just past knowing your letters and knowing your letter sounds so you're starting to learn how to sound out words and blend and so that's where we're at with that and then for math i think blossom and root volume two is basic counting counting up to 20 and and so she's a little bit above that so we've decided to start her with right start math level a So for both of these curriculums, Right Start Math and All About Reading, those are both kinder level curriculums. The important thing for us is not to try to push our daughter too far above, you know, where she should be. We're definitely following her lead. We're not trying to like uh, advance her into kindergarten before she's ready. But this is the next natural step for her in math and reading. And, you know, we were talking about this before the podcast. Mm -hmm. Our daughter is desperate to read. She's so excited to read. She loves books. So we really are following her lead. Obviously, you can decide what's the right thing for your kid at that time. But 
we're trying not to pay so much attention to grade level as far as this is a pre-K curriculum, this is a K, but more what's her level and what's her interest. And we're trying to follow that. And then we're trying to take it as slow or as fast as we, we see she's ready for and, and she's responding to. So I, yeah, I that's, can go into that you more. Know, maybe we can get into it just a tad. You know, when I first started both of these curriculums, I realized that when she, when we're trying to do these lessons, like for example, the right start math, like if you were to sit down, try to teach it nonstop the whole lesson, might take you an hour and a half. It take you an hour, and you're getting through one lesson. And I found that to just be causing it's 125 op- lessons. Yeah, it's 125 lessons. So it's like you feel like you want to get through it because it's going to take you a couple of years. You know, it could take you, you know, years to get through this curriculum. Like maybe two years, maybe a year and a half. If yeah, if you only do small pieces. Yeah, if you're only doing one a week, that's three years, right? Um, I'm doing about two a week, but I'm dialing back the intensity on a daily basis. And I found that to be very successful with our, our girl. And then also bringing in some variety, not just doing what the lesson does, but also bringing in the games. You know, we talk a lot about games on this podcast, a lot of dick game schooling. We give a lot of recommendations about games. Those are really important to kind of liven it up because our daughter really likes games. And so I can kind of get both things together. Right. And that has proven to be successful. So spending like you know, 10, 15 minutes trying to do the piece of the lesson. I might, so each lesson's kind of broken into like five or six subsections and then trying to hit one or two subsections a day across like a three-day period, I can get the whole lesson done. Mm-hmm. And it's not this intense thing. But there have been plenty of times where the it, it, hasn't, it hasn't clicked that week or it hasn't been right. And we've just said, you know what, we're going to get through half a math lesson this week. And next week we'll try to tackle, you know, we'll finish it and try to tackle another. And a lot of these lessons, like even just the reading one, the reading one's even more extreme in that matter. The all about reading curriculum, they have about three or four pages. And that can take us about two weeks to get through. To do one lesson in like one day, impossible, without losing control of the situation with with my daughter. She'll, She'll check out. Her eyes will glaze and I don't want to get into a fighting thing with her where I'm really pushing her to do something that she may be not ready for, but right. she'll give me 10 to 15 minutes. Well, and, and remember she wants to read so badly. Yeah, well, we're and I, we're and not and definitely not pushing the analogy it. like a dam and she's, but it's a clogged dam and she's trying to get through the dam. And I feel like the minute I can just, you know, roto rooter sounding out words with her, that's my sticking point right now. Boom, it's just going to burst and she's going right. to read everything. She's she's just such, I mean, she has her nose in the book constantly, but constantly. she just can't she, quite read yet. She just can't get there yet. And she's starting to she's starting to piece it together. I think she gets it. She's just not, she hasn't been able to lock in on the focus and I'm, I'm having to work through that. But, you know, by limiting the amount of time I spend on it, giving the, the time to complete the lesson so that I'm not stressed and she doesn't pick up on that. Right, because she totally sees. I she mean, does. they can like, smell fear and stress, and uh, what we were talking about earlier. When she's you're, like a great white shark, she yeah. smells the blood in the water, and right. and the, it's kind of the reverse. And when you're checked out too, she can tell that as well. She can absolutely check that I'm checked out, so I have to bring my A game for those, just those two things. Like, and it's like 15 minutes each. If I can bring it for 30 minutes, really good. Yeah, and bring a lot of energy and a lot of fun. She, I can get her through these things and, and she gets it. Like, it's not like I'm getting her through and then she forgets it. She's getting it and retaining it. But I've, I've had to really slow it down. And especially the reading curriculum, it's taking us about two weeks to do one lesson. And that's right. okay. It takes the pressure off of me that I feel like I'm failing, that I can't get her through the lesson. And there was a little bit of that at the beginning. And, you know, 
we all, right. we've said at the beginning of this podcast when we started, we're going to lay our cards out. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of times I do feel like I'm failing at this, but I have to take that deep breath, calm down. It's okay. Let's try it again tomorrow. I mean, let, let's be real. It's the come downstairs. Oh my God, she's never going to get this. She's never going to read. I'm never going to be able to do this. And I tell him, I have take I have, a breath. I have it's going to be okay. And then the next day he comes to me and he's like, no, it. our reading lesson went really well today. She, no, she, I just needed to take a breath. And I'm like, she really? She sounded out tan correctly. Without That's right. Tap, I, you know? So I mean, you know, I just want everybody to know that those moments of self-doubt and this isn't working right. Yeah, we don't handle those great either. Everyone feels it. Everyone gets it. So, you know, we know there's accidental homeschoolers and people who are doing this for the first time. And, you know, we got Corona in town. They, it can be scary that you feel like you're failing. Like, oh my God, if I, if she would have just, if she or he would have just gone to kindergarten, sitting with the other 25 kids with a trained teacher, that obviously they would have gotten it. But the teachers have that same type of struggle. They've got to constantly mm-hmm. reiterate what they're teaching. They've got to constantly focus on the on the huge class that they're teaching to. And, you know, we were talking about this earlier. I'm able to come at it with a scalpel and do as minimal amount of damage as possible to get the information in them without it being this thing that is a that's going to break my relationship with my kid or cause a lot of stress or require so much work that it's not even doable. That's not the case. I'm able to see what works for her. And really just focus in on that. And I can see and I can watch her eyes. Like the thing, I know I always talk about the eyes. I can see it in her eyes when Mm -hmm. she's getting something. I can see it in her face when she's enjoying what she's doing. I can see it when she gets it and that elation that comes across her face. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that can stop her from smiling. And I love it. But again, I can also see when I'm losing her. I can see when she's not focused. And that's kind of the game you have to play. When you're the homeschooling parent, you have to watch and you have to have that connection and see, okay, this isn't working. Don't keep pushing because you're going to lose them. Let's see if I can redirect it or see if I can pull it back. Maybe we need to do something more kinesthetic or maybe I need to change something. These are the type of things that I run into like on a minute by minute basis. And I know that sounds scary for a lot of new homeschooling families, but these are the little tools and little tricks that you got to have in your belt. And being able to have that connection with your kids, you know, it's not going to happen overnight to have those type of tools in your tool belt. But eventually, you know, when you get into it and listen, those first few lessons you're going to do, those first few weeks might be a little rough. (laughs) They were a little rough for us. (laughs) They were rough. Those first few weeks of Torchlight, I swear to God, they were, they were rough. But eventually you kind of get into that rhythm. It's like you're working out or you're learning a new skill. Man, you're terrible at first. And the kid... She even gave me a little bit of a pass for those first two weeks. As I argued, this guy's kind of crazy. But well, I mean, it was all new for her too. Right? It was new for her too because so there was that excitement in there. It was a lot of fun, and I kept it light. But eventually, you know, I kind of honed that skill. And again, it's just a skill. Mm-hmm. It's nothing crazy. It's just a little bit of a skill that you'll pick up in those first few weeks. And boom, once you get it clicked, you're you're locked into it. And I, I've got the one, and now I'm going to have the second here pretty soon. In about a year or so, she'll start the the volume one, Blossom and Root. And it's going to be good, but I've already, I've already developed that skill. Right. I think one of the important things too is, you know, that, that moment where Matthew feels like I'm just not doing this right. And he comes downstairs and he's just dejected. I'm there to say, you're fine. She's going to be fine. Take a breath, take a few hours off, take the day off. We'll come back to it when she's ready. 
I think it's so important to have a partner there that can like lift mm-hmm. you up. So what I would encourage is whoever is going to be your primary educator that, you know, that you've, you've talked enough with your partner, uh, you know, hopefully that, that you have a partner like, like I do in Matt and he has in me but if, that but if we you can don't, just lift each other up because you yeah. need, you need somebody to tell you you're not crap at this. Exactly. And, you know, but if frank. you don't, there's Facebook groups, there's other communities where you can reach right. out and they can help you as well. Come on to homeschool together <laughs> podcast group. I will tell you that you are not crap at this. Yeah. Uh, and my wife just, will tell me to open up Facebook and go comment and tell them they're not crap. Right. I just, <laughs> I think it's just so important for everyone to realize that sometimes you need a sounding board that's just going to say, you're going to be okay and your kid's going to be okay and support you because everybody, no matter how long you've been homeschooling, I, I hear from from my other m- much more experienced homeschool moms that I'm friends with, that, like everybody has these moments where they're like, oh my God, I'm failing at this. And sometimes it's, you know, you, you, you need know, the support. Hopefully that's not every day. No, no. And yeah. it, it, those days, uh, let's be clear, those days between. are few and far between, right? Yeah. And and even it can turn around in the same day. It's usually like lesson by lesson, like, oh, I'm just not teaching this reading right. I just can't get this. And then, you know, the next day it'll go great. So yeah. And, and if, if it's not going great that day, pull back on it, go do something else. And when the kid's napping in the afternoon, hallelujah, our four and a half year old still naps. Yeah. I know. I can hear the jealousy and the anger. <laughs> <laughs> you're hearing it like through the lines yeah two and a half hour naps yes just just bait let that she s- loves to sleep but she, she wakes up at 6 a.m so i mean like yeah, don't yeah. anybody think it's yeah, gold yeah. it's hard on both ends for us but um you know when she takes that nap go go do a little research go see if you can get a printable go see if you can get some information go mm-hmm. post on the facebook group right. you know get some ideas sometimes you just need to come at it from a different angle you know i was using the analogy of kind of working out sometimes people plateau when they're working out, oh, I'm not getting any stronger. I can't move forward. And there's two ways you can break that up. You can either up your weight or completely change your routine. And then sometimes it shocks the body. And all of a sudden you start getting that growth you're looking mm-hmm. for. It's the same thing with the kids. Sometimes you just say, she's not getting it because I'm going too slow. And I didn't see that. Or the, or, the approach is not working for her. Or my approach isn't working. I need to try something else. I need to get another, I got to gotta get another printable or I got to go get some ideas off the internet or, or whatever. Just like, totally change it, right? Yeah. She was having, just last week, she was having problems just identifying numbers, right? Yeah. We're like, you know, I just, I'm trying everything to get her to identify numbers. I'm trying to put them on the whiteboard. I'm having her write them. It's just not working. We pulled out Uno. And now the kid knows all of her numbers. Yeah. Right. So I, she's just, like finding something that connected with her was different. It's well, not normal Uno. It's Lion King Uno. And this was so the thing. She knew cool. it already. Like I, it's again, that she thing did. where I knew she knew it. She just didn't like what I was doing. Right. And so yeah. I had to step back and say, I got to change this up. And boom, all of a sudden success starts coming back. And now we're back on schedule. I just had to check it up. And I had to see that it was, it was really me that was making that mistake. And I had to go... And correct something and then move forward. But it wasn't like I lost a year or a month or my kid all of a sudden should be in ninth grade and they're in fourth grade. It's not catastrophic failure. It's something that just said, okay, I got to, I got to adapt. And it's, it's silly to think that teachers in public schools or teachers in private schools aren't doing the exact same things. Oh, they doing. are, right? If they see 30 pairs of glazed eyes, glazed they're eyes, like, they gotta uh, change it up, okay, right? I'm going to have to do something different. Yeah. It's like, it's not rocket science. It's either... You're going too slow. You're going too fast. You got to change it up. Like there's all these little tools you can do. There's just so many free resources yeah. and great resources out there. And, you know, thousands of other parents that have been through the same thing on the Facebook groups that you're struggling with. So, so we've talked about, uh, we've talked about kind of about what the curriculum is that we're doing. Let's talk about our typical day. What does a day look like for us? Are we homeschooling for seven hours a day with no, our kinder? It's, it's seven and a half. <laughs> 
seven and a half hours <laughs> with very rigorous like i i use straps to keep them down on the desk um they have to chew the pencils it's really it's yeah, i'm pretty tough i'm a tough homeschooler uh, all right so let's give let's give our listeners a look into what our day looks like from our i mean the children uh, I'll, I'll go through the very early morning the children yeah, wake you, up at you typically have the early yeah Yeah, our baby wakes up at 5.30 and then our older gets up at 6. And so I take the children until 8 just to give daddy a little bit of time to have to himself to to do the the prep and things he needs to do for the day. And then I bring the kids to you at 8. They eat breakfast and then you take them and and I come into the office and work. So so take it away. Yeah, so typically we try to get the wiggles out early on. A lot of times they're woke. They, you know, they're up. They just ate. We need to get moving. You know, we've recommended in the past cosmic yoga. Yeah, great one. Sometimes all I got to do is get the Google playing some Tay Tay, and yeah, our daughter loves Taylor she Swift. She loves Taylor Swift. Really, I don't know where yeah. she gets it. If she knew the music I, I listened to, she's in high been school. listening. Shake it off was her favorite song when she was like a year and a half, and yeah, we, still she will still request it. Yeah. But now she can actually tell Google herself. So we typically get the wiggles out. Get something moving. The younger one is now really getting into music. So the two of them dance. They, they get moving. It's kind of fun. From there, we try to get up to, we have a bonus room that we've kind of converted a small area into our homeschool area. Got to get up into that area. And, and we did this purposely. And we'll talk more about our homeschool space and how we set that up in a future show. But this is you know important for us so that we we kind of move everybody to a different area where they can get in a different mindset when they walk in the door. Yeah, whenever they get into that space, they know we're going to be doing some fun things. Daddy's going to be here doing some fun things. So typically when we get into the room, and I know there's a lot of parents out there who maybe have a younger kid. You know, I've been doing this since the littlest was born. Mm-hmm. So I've gone from infant to toddler to Alex Honnold, free solo climber kid. <laughs> One and you know, just over one year old. She loves to climb. She loves to climb. I've now got like just over a one year old kind of toting along. And so I've been able to do the homeschooling with the kid. Now, let me be honest. Early on, it wasn't easy. It was a little difficult. Mm -hmm. I did a lot of baby wearing and we were kind of working at the kitchen table. So the kid could be entertained but I could also do the instruction. Right. We you have you did some of it during breakfast, right? So yeah, that we would the do baby some... was in the high chair exactly. and you could, you know, or you would, when she was really little, I mean, when she was, uh, you know, before she could sit up mm-hmm. before pre six months, you just put her on your chest in the baby carrier. Yeah. I would, I would baby kind wear of her, bounce the her chest. and stuff while we, you were teaching. I'm a tall guy. Um, and we have a tall kitchen table. So the oldest would sit at the table and I would do the instruction while baby wearing. And you know, that worked, it worked well. Um, and then reading books and stuff. I mean, some of the early pre-K curriculums were nice, so they weren't like super involved. But now, you know, we get up to the room. She's one years old. She she immediately just bolts over to start playing with the toys. A lot of times I'm giving her things. Right. We have some imaginative play in this room too. We've yeah. got like a play kitchen and a little tent and a table and stuff. So we have so some other imaginative she play. occupies herself for a little bit. Blocks and things. So very often whenever I'm doing homeschool with them together... What I try to do is I try to bring the older one into the younger one together, where the older one is, is kind of instructing the, the younger one, whether it's in block block work and building work, mm-hmm. um, shape play, um, primitive gameplay type of thing, um, giving them passing games. You know, she's one years old. So if you don't have a one year old, you may not have to do these type of things. If you have a two year old, maybe it's a little bit different. I'm trying to incorporate the, the oldest 
in with the youngest as kind of this assisted teacher and really kind of building that kind of mentorship that the younger one will learn from the older one. I actually ask the older one to actually help me teach. And this is a technique I always do with, you know, whenever I'm doing stuff, I like to flip the roles where I'm no longer the teacher, I'm the student. The oldest, the four and a half year old, then gets to play teacher. I say, sometimes I'll just say, okay, your teacher, me and baby are are the student. I want you to teach it. Oh my God, she goes over the moon. She gets so excited. She loves that. She loves that thing. And and I can kind of trick it up. Also, while we're doing the early morning stuff with the youngest, I, 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 I comb through what stuff we have to do for that week. And I try to do the things that I can bring the younger one into. Like, for example, music. Like this week, it's been all about Wagner. And so we've been listening to a lot of Wagner stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that's stuff I can do with the younger one. And so you're looking this up on the Trello board that I've created on your yeah. phone, right? And yeah. we'll go into Trello more in a future yeah, we'll, episode yeah, too. We'll, we'll definitely talk a lot about Trello, but I have my whole week. And so and you I look can, that up and move things around. Yeah, and I can see what I'm doing. Or if like, you know, if you've printed it off and put it in a binder, you can just see what you have this week. Right. You know, I'll do the poetry stuff. I'll bring in a little bit of art appreciation. I'll be doing the book reading. I'll be doing all those things, and I can do that with the one-year-old. The one-year-old will be there sitting, watching. Maybe they'll get up and go play, and I can continue on with the four-and-a-half-year-old. So a lot of those, you know, I don't want to call them low-hanging fruit, but it's things that I can do with both. Hey, it's it's early, easy wins, right? Very so you easy can feel wins. like sometimes it's daunting when you see that entire homeschool week of all the things that are on the list to do. I'm, I'm sure and you can yeah. say, gosh, I can check off four or five of these things right now, yeah, which uh, is great. Typically on my Mondays, my Mondays are my big days where I try to get a lot of that stuff. The books, the book of the week, the the poems of the week, the music of the week, the music appreciation stuff. The music appreciation stuff kind of goes all week. So I constantly bring that back. Well, right. You can play that while, you know, you can play Wagner while she's playing or yeah. she's doing art or anything else. Like the first couple were Beethoven and Mozart. And now we're on the Wagner. I don't know what, you know, it's coming up, but, right. you know, I can also play other stuff too. If they're really getting into it, you know, we did Tchaikovsky and Rachmaninoff the other day, and I just, you know, used the Google Home to do that for me. Just said, hey, Google, play me this thing. And it goes out to YouTube and pulls something down. Right. And that's really helpful. So I, I try to do a lot of the that stuff early in, in the morning that are together activities. The STEM activities for Blossom and Root tend to be things that I can do with the younger one. They tend to be very tactile things like, uh, you know, you build a block of Duplos and your child has to copy how you built that, that kind of thing. So yeah. they don't tend to be overly messy, which we enjoy. Thank you, Blossom yeah. and Root. And they think tend to be things that the one-year-old can kind of quote-unquote participate in yeah. too. So that's nice. So typically we do that until about 10 o'clock. So I'm doing about an hour, hour and a half of kind of light play, light interaction. It's not a lot of, you know, heavy teaching. Yeah, it's there is conversation with the older one. Do we have a, a how much time I put into it counter? So it's up to an hour and a half right now, but it's not intense. Right. Like well, if you right. Can imagine some of just it's sitting playing like, between, you know, some of it's sitting down with the two of them and reading. reading a picture book. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's not, not even that complex. So it's, it's, it's very doable for most people. So then right around 10 o'clock, I got to go put the younger one down for her nap. Yes. Let that seething, seething anger come over when I get, well, she's only one, she's only one, but she, I get two naps a day off of that one. So I'm yeah. just letting, let that one. Just let that one sink Let the hate in. flow through you. Let the hate <laughs> flow through me. Okay. All right. So once I put her down, I'll, 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 this is a very key thing that I've learned. Maybe it'll apply to you. Um, I always tell the older one, you can do whatever you want for the next 10 to 15 minutes. But when I come back, we're going to be doing this thing. Yeah. Give so us I set the ground. I set the groundwork. 
And typically when the younger one is sleeping, this is when I get into the harder stuff, the stuff I needed to be quiet. I need her to be focused and I need to be on my A game, mm-hmm. you know, as much of an A game as I can bring. So I put the kid down I come back. Even when I come back in, it's not like finger snap, we're doing this. I've got to get myself prepped. If I haven't prepped already, sometimes I'll prep before the nap time where I'll get all my stuff laid out. For I'll, for math or reading. Or yeah, like for example, doing. I'll get the math book out. It'll say, you know, I'll look and say, okay, I've got to do this, this, and this today. Great. I'll pull the manipulatives out. I'll set it all out. I'll clean off the table while the two are kind of playing and doing something. And then I'll get all prepped. I'll be ready. But if, you know, if I haven't done that, I'll do that when I come in. I'll say, hey, I got five minutes. When I tell you we're done, we're done. And we got to get going. And so I've set everything out. Boom. We sit down and we do it. Now, I've already explained earlier that I like to really break these math and reading curriculums down into very small you know, bite-sized pieces, 10, 15, 20 minutes. Sometimes I'm bringing yeah. in other fun things. So you're talking about another half hour of work. And are you doing math and reading on the same day? I typically try to do that, but some days I don't. Like, for example, I can get through the math curriculum. I tend to do one lesson a week, maybe one or two lessons a week, depending on, on what's going on that week. The reading lesson takes a lot longer. So I'm trying to do in reading almost every day because it's the big hurdle that we're trying to get over. It's the yeah. big mountain we're we're trying to climb. And I'm trying to do that every day, but I don't do math every day. I typically do about three times a week. That gets me through those two lessons, three lessons. Sometimes, some lessons I know, hey, these three or four things, I know she can do them. Let's just get them done. Sometimes I've done an entire lesson in one sitting because she's already really good at these, these skills. Mm-hmm. But then there's some lessons I hit where it's like, whoa, this is new stuff. we got to slow it down. I want to make sure she gets the stuff before we move on. Math, we move faster than reading. Mm-hmm. But I do try to do reading every day. And it, it's not like very intensive. Sometimes I'm just, you know, quizzing her on her letter sounds. We're writing right. a couple letters down. I quiz her on a couple couple words and we try to, you know, sound those words out. That Again, that's the sticking point we're at right now. And then we move, you know, I make sure that in that reading lesson, okay, we've done these few things. Okay, we're moving on. Once that's done, I really like to try to get her out of the reading and math and get her into something creative whether that's dancing, mm-hmm. whether that's art. And talk about what you did today. Okay. So today was a big Frida Kahlo day. So we didn't do any math today, but today was a reading day. So we did a little bit of reading. Mm-hmm. And then it was Frida Kahlo. That's the artist that we're, we're studying. She loves Coco. Uh, there's that great scene, you know, where he walks up and says, I'm Frida Kahlo. Yeah. It makes yeah. her laugh every yeah, time. Yeah, very good. Um, so today was a, it was a great example. So we came downstairs. So we got the art caddy down. She's, we did art appreciation, so we pulled up a painting, Diego on my mind. Uh, she had to do, we talked about it. We talked about the image, what she saw, what, what she was, you know, she thought the painting was about. And she had to do a corresponding artwork that was related to that. I turned on some traditional Mexican music, so um, she did her artwork. She actually wanted to do another piece of artwork, so I got another piece of paper and out. she did it with paint, right? She did paint yeah. today? So we did acrylic paints, we did crayons. And we did something else. So it was kind of eclectic. We used a paper plate. It wasn't even that fancy. Right, right. Yeah, we used it a paper plate emotions. and some construction paper. Yeah, it went from emotions to a, a carousel of horses to food. So I don't know. It, the, it's I a very impressionistic art. Yeah, what that painting was changed depending <laughs> on what time of the day she, she was looking at it. But she was really into it. Yeah, um, she enjoyed it. She was really into it. So I said, okay, let's sit down and I want to see if she's more interested. So I pulled up YouTube. Um, I found a nice TED Ed, T-E-D dash E-D. 
Um, they do TED Talks, but they also have this nice educational YouTube channel. And they had a whole four-minute documentary about Frida Kahlo. So I pulled it up. We watched it. Some of it was over the oldest's head. And that's okay. But she was locked in. I, mm-hmm. I would peer over and I'd look at her eyes. And they're wide. And she's watching. And she really likes it. Great. Then I pulled up some other videos about Frida Kahlo. Like there's some home videos. So she actually got to see Frida Kahlo. And she was like, wow, look at this, you know, great artist and all this stuff. And she was really interested. She kept pointing it out and, you know, looking at the clothes that she was wearing and that type of stuff. And we will not make any comments about the eyebrows. Um, <laughs> I mean, come on, we have to make a little bit of comment. You you cut out construction paper eyebrows. I don't know. And you texted them to me. You texted me a picture of the two of you with these construction paper black eyebrows she's taped famous, to your she's foreheads. She's famous for the unibrow. Right. Right. So <laughs> I'm working here. I'm like in a conference call. I get this text giggling. of these two with these like construction paper Frida Kahlo <laughs> brows. And I'm like, really, this is what she's, it's, this is it's what you got. It's not my most culturally sensitive moment, but I, I'll go with it. <laughs> um, but then I took her down. She really loved it. And then I said, hey, there was a movie that was made about her. Now the movie's a little bit that's way adult for her, but I just wanted her to see a live action kind of thing as Selma Hayek. So we showed her some scenes from that. They have it on YouTube. Um, there was a bus crash scene that's famous. Uh, Frida was injured in a bus crash that kind of started her painting career. And there's a painting that we looked at last week because in the Blossom Room Root, they tend to go week to week with the same artist, the same composer. Right, it's nine weeks on the same artist. We've cut it down a little bit, but we we'll talk about that time. on another episode. Yeah, we'll talk about that on the other podcast. But anyway, so I sit there and I go, okay, great. Hey, do you, I tell her, hey, do you remember that painting we watched about the bus that we, I mean, that we saw last week where they, you know, they had Frida Kahlo's in the, in the bus. She's famous for doing her own self-portraits and a lot of their stuff. And they had this great bus scene that alluded to the crash that she was in. And so I pulled up that scene and... You know, the director had done a good job. He actually had recreated some of the same characters that were in the painting. So I was now tying the movie to the painting. Now, mm-hmm. none of this is in the curriculum. I just right. and, went, and you didn't plan any of it. You just none pulled of it. up it YouTube all, on your phone. All spur of the moment, you know, the magic of Google and YouTube and all that stuff syncing with the television. We'll have a podcast about that coming up, you know, in a, in a, in a little ways. But, you know, I just went with her interests. She really, really liked Frida Kahlo. You know, she really likes seeing other females. Like she likes science. She likes yeah. composers. She really identifies with seeing other women. Women doing things. And so yeah. I really want to bring that in um, to her experience. And so she was super into it. So I just went as far as I could go with it. She kind of looked over to me and <laughs> not lying. She goes, Daddy, can we see more Coco videos? <laughs> and so I said, I said, we're done. I think, <laughs> yeah. we're, I think we're done with the freedom. Is that, about, is that about the point the baby woke up? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. The baby wakes up and then I went to get her, came back down at that point. I kind of said, well, we still have some time before lunchtime. Mm-hmm. And I have been eyeing this Easter Island documentary on Disney plus. Oh yeah. Cause they, the, it's, it's, it's a national geographics, right? National Ge- so they have Nat Geo on there. And so we went ahead and dialed up this documentary and more importantly, um, the oldest just saw night at the museum and there's the famous, they have the Maori head in there where he's like, give me gum gum, you dumb dumb. Right. And right. so she saw the face and she goes, oh, it's the gum gum guy. And I go, okay, let's see if well, she... Well, it's ki- kind of similar. Let's, do this. let's see okay. if she's interested in it. Man, that kid was locked on that documentary for 45 right. minutes. You guys got into a, a big documentary on Machu Picchu, wasn't it, last week too? Oh, yeah. Same thing on Nat Geo. Well, and that was the thing. She was interested in... She was. We have these really nice eyewitness books and then we have a couple others that are kind of like encyclopedia eyewitness books. 
was really interested in the Inca stuff. So I was like, well, let's see if there's a Machu Picchu thing. And there was Nat mm-hmm. Geo on Disney+. Plus. She literally built Machu Picchu in like blocks the other day. She like had bits of blocks and Barbies and other yeah. pieces of Duplos and it, everything. And she and you was would like, think, mommy, it's Machu Picchu. Yeah, you would like, think a four and a half year old would not be interested in this. But she was interested in it and I went with it. And I listen, think she can see that you're interested yeah. in it too, though, right? Because you're saying, hey, look, babe, this is this really cool documentary that I think would be really fun. Absolutely. And she's going with you on it and trusting you as her learning partner that you're going to lead her to something cool. You guys got really into like a, a few, what, a month back, you got really into the King Tut's tomb behind the scenes. That yeah, was they had a three-part documentary about it. She's super into Egyptian stuff right now. You she should keeps read like pull- a million Egyptian books Yeah, today, she right? keeps pulling it down wanting to do it. And we won't talk about this. Steve Martin King Tut video that she loves as well, but oh, she loves it. Yeah, he died for tourism, but uh, <laughs> it's so culturally. <laughs> this is our culturally insensitive episode. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> please don't hate us. The, anyway, so she's you know I just go with it, and so okay, do we have the homeschool timer still going? I I spent three hours today, but how yeah, but much? That was some of that was fun for you though. It was too. fun because I'm watching the documentary with her, and I'm and again I'm pausing and talking about it and. You know, I keep going back to it. I really like the Socratic method where I'm talking to her throughout the thing. So I'm pausing things. I'm stopping things. I'm asking questions. And listening to her questions. She's yeah, got a she, lot of good she questions asked me too. questions, you know, you know, daddy, I didn't, you know, the she was really stuck on the rats on the island. She she didn't know there were rats. Oh, yeah, the Easter Island. Yeah. yeah, and all these type of things. So she's really like getting a lot out of it. I, You can see how we went from a very narrow, okay, you got to look at a painting of Frida Kahlo. You can either do an artwork about Frida Kahlo. And that went to watching videos, to learning about this person, to saying, let's go watch another documentary and just going with the experience. Mm-hmm. So she got a whole Easter Island, a whole Frida Kahlo thing. We got math. We did uh, reading. And she was super hard on reading today. Like she really, really, really wanted to read. And so I read so many pages of the Egyptian book. You read Magic School Bus Magic today. Magic School Bus today. So she was really into it. So I had to go with it. And let me tell you what, I mean, after like three, three and a half hours of that, I was, you know, I was smoked, man. I wanted to listen to a podcast. And, <laughs> you know, and that was cool because it was right in time for lunch. So we could start doing it. Right. That, right? It's nice. And then I come out for lunch. And, and she was able to really tell me, recount quite a bit of the Easter Island documentary and the Frito Kahlo. So it's not just zoning out for the TV. I think that the difference is you're sitting with her and you're watching yeah. this. You're also engaged. Well, and, and engaging you know? in discussion during the thing where I'm stopping and saying, wow, did you see how they, you know, they didn't drag the things there. They walked them there. And she's like, walked them there? I said, so I stood her up and I kind of wobbled her. And, you know, yeah. and so she kind of gets it. And, you know, you kind of just mm-hmm. build with it. And, you know, it's not very intensive. It's not crazy. There's so many tools you have in front of you that all I got to do, and I run everything from my phone. And so it's right there in front of me. And so maybe while we're watching the Easter Island thing, I'm on my phone, you know, trying to figure out if there's something else I need to do. I'm not sitting there goofing around on Facebook or on Reddit or anything like that as much as I would have wanted to (laughs) at some points. But, you know, I am focused. I am learning with her. I am talking Mm -hmm. with her. And I think that's the most important thing. And I think that's what really feeds into a lot of these things. So those are most of my days. Right. And I mean, as far that, as... Really, I mean, that's it. What I had nutshell. planned was like less, probably an hour or maybe less yeah, you could have done. Yeah. And you expanded it to three and a half hours just by kind of going with what she wanted to do. And reading books to her, that's circle time or story time that she would have had in school. Yeah, Watching these extension videos, all of that stuff is enriching. 
So, you know, it was a, it was a great homeschool day for her. She was energized. She was able to recount these documentaries. And you just pu- you know, pulling on that thread. It's like, okay, I got a shirt. There's a thread and I'm just going to keep pulling right. on it until it gets stuck. And I'm going to try a different thread. And that's really what most days are like. I have the structure of the curriculum that we bought, which is the blossom and root. And that's fantastic. And not that we keep rigidly to it necessarily, but just that it gives us a good, like, you know, guideposts framework yeah, to say, it's, it's uh, hey, I wouldn't right? have thought to teach a four and a half year old about Frida Kahlo, but she was super interested in she it. Was. So it, like, it, it helped us, right? It's good guidance. It's good guidance. And like, I couldn't imagine doing this without the curriculum to guide me. Right. It's so helpful. Like, yeah, listen. I'm a smart enough person. I could probably sit down and build all my stuff out of unit studies and really just bang it out and do all this hard work. But it's nice to have this structure there. Yeah. Somebody and, else has put this thought into it. And then you can decide how you're going to adapt it. Yeah. But at least you have, you know, something to start from. And, and for us, this works really well for us. Exactly. But it's funny, you know, half your day was kind of unschooling where she was interested in something. She saw something she wanted to pursue yeah. and you helped facilitate how she pursued that so it's really cool so you know part of your day was regular curriculum based part of your day was completely child-led yeah and and i think that's probably the most ideal situation i think most families you know some people are like oh i'm just only going to do unschooling or oh i'm only going to do book work and you know the truth is somewhere in between well i think every family's the truth is every family is different everyone's different they're on the pendulum but for for us we like this eclectic mix because it's all good learning it's all enriching i like the structure because there are days you're going to come into it and you're just not feeling it like man i only got six hours of sleep last night i'm tired you know that book kept me up last night or whatever i i just don't feel it or i'm just dragging or you know that workout was in 95 degree heat and i just don't have anything left in the tank that type of thing all of that can be true and but it's it's so great to have that little bit of structure to help you guide you through those slow days because man some days you can just get that bare essentials done i'll do math and reading tomorrow let's do something fun right and that's i think that's the beauty of homeschool too right you don't have an assignment that you have to turn in on a certain day if you didn't get the math done this week because this wasn't the right week for it you know, we can let those things slide. So I think this is a good segue to talk about how we actually plan our days during the week. So I've planned those in Trello. I try to go with, you know, the way that Matthew likes to teach by getting those easy wins early. I try to space out some of the harder work. I try to make sure that intensive craft days aren't days when we also had intensive other lessons because the crafts can take a lot of prep work and then a lot of cleanup time. I plan, we have to plan around the weather Sometimes we've got, you know, Boston and Root has a nature journal and yeah. you usually go outside to do something, then you have to journal it. And Yeah, we're in Western Washington, so we're, you know, most of the time it's raining except the summer. Right now it's not oh, raining. I think that's a mischaracterization. It is a, it's a gross, you know, I'm trying to it's get a gross, people, we don't want anyone to else to move here. Out here. That's, that's, <laughs> they, they just don't want to realize that, you know, it's. It's 60 degrees at night and it's like air conditioning and it's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. So we, we do have to plan a little bit around the weather just depending <laughs> yeah. on what's going on. So that's kind of how we plan our week. We don't plan intensive for five days. Sometimes we'll end up, it rolls to the next week, it rolls to the weekend. But kind of the basic structure of our week, we take everything that we've got to do and I divvy it up on the days that I think it's most appropriate. And we just don't stress out if we don't reach everything on exactly the day we had planned to do it. Because otherwise you get in this position where you always feel like you're behind. And then that just stresses everybody out. So so that's basically the weeks. And then we were going to talk about how we plan 
over the year. So we're, we're year round homeschoolers, mm-hmm. which is really great and gives us a lot of freedom to not have to say like, okay, we have a hard start to our, our school. Well, like a lot of the kids, I mean, they're in their 180 days, right? And that's all, the, that's all you get. Well, we get 365. And that's so important for exactly what we said just before. If it's not working this week, it's not working this week. Or if family's in for this mm-hmm. week, or if there's holidays this week, or mm-hmm. birthday is cutting in on the short of the week, it's okay. Like Maybe we only get, like this week, we have somebody coming over, um, a family member, and we may only get about two days of homeschooling out, out of it. Right, we just talked week. about, we're just going to skip the week. So while we while we homeschool year-round, we purposely skip all weeks with holidays and any weeks where we know we're going to be like super busy and we would just be setting ourselves up for failure. So, you know, the birthday week, our daughter's birthday week, we just don't even try, right? We're going to have some family coming into town. We're going to be planning her party. I mean, probably not this year, but, yeah, um, you know, in past year. years we planned her party. And, and so, you know, don't set yourself up for failure. And because we're year round homeschoolers, we feel like we have this flexibility. We can say, we don't need to schedule it every week. And uh, additionally, we could say this topic was so interesting to our daughter that let's say take two weeks on it. We did this with Torchlight mm-hmm. when we first started the curriculum. She went through and she picked out the sections she wanted to spend two weeks she rather two than two weeks one. on dinosaurs, two weeks on spiders. I don't know why she wanted. I know, that. yeah. Well, it was around Halloween. Two weeks yeah. on two weeks on space, right? So we were able to to give ourselves that space on space. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm so lame. Uh, so we were able to give her that space in order to really dive into something that she was interested in and not feel that stress because we're going year round. It doesn't mean that, you know, some people say, well, gosh, well, when do you take your breaks? If we're going to take a vacation on in the summer, we just you know, take a vacation. We would just take a week off. It's the learning is not so intensive that we feel like we need this massive vacation break of the summer. Mm-hmm it's not so taxing on anybody. I think that's what's really important. It's something that, you know, you enjoy doing, she enjoys doing. It's now, not a stress on our family. You know, again, everything we described today is for a preschool, kindergarten, first grader type of thing. Obviously, if you're somebody who's got an older kid, that may be a little bit different. You may have a little bit more book work or whatever you method you're using. More. You have a little bit more intensive work, but a lot of those, you know, we're focusing on those early learners, right? those families that are accidentally homeschooling uh, due to Corona or this is the first time you're doing this, you know, understand that that initial commitment is not a lot of time. It's, it's, you know, as I described here, it's about three hours, but a lot of it was light work. There's only a little bit of intensive work Mm -hmm. that I have focused and broken up over a period of time. I have noticed that I can't skip math for like a week or so. Like I really need to make it every week or reading every week thing. So I do make sure those are the core things I work on. You know, the music doesn't happen to have, have to happen every day. Art doesn't have to happen every day. But I do want to make sure those other things do because I do lose touch with it a little bit. Yeah, well, you have to have that consistency Because I'm at kind of a critical mastery, period with those right? things, yeah. They're all they're mastery-based, so I think that's really important. Yeah. I think it's one of those things is it's almost like we tell people, you know, having a baby. When you first have a baby, it's pretty basic, right? They only do a few things. They eat, they sleep, they poop. This is kind of the basics. Yeah. And as they get older... You know, by the but time you have a toddler, it's more, it's, yeah, it's, it's more work, right? But yeah, you grow with it. You start small. And so I feel like pre, you know, doing a preschool homeschool, we're, we're from the year and a half ago we started, we've been growing with her and it's, it gets kind of, we, we ramp up in intensity. And I feel like this is probably what's going to happen throughout all of her schooling. If you're just jumping yeah. in for the first time with a fourth grader, this is going to be a lot harder 
than you know what we're describing a lot more hours a day but the other thing is the older they are the more independently they would be able to work they can read and so i think there's trade-offs yeah and, yeah. yeah it's just yeah. Like with any kid like they're a little bit like the oldest now has a lot more independence but also she's a little bit more defiant than she is so it's a, i have to learn new skills as a parent that type of thing yeah, so you're constantly having to pivot yeah, constantly having to pivot, constantly having to adapt. I, I feel like just when you get comfortable in something, you're yes, like, oh, I got changes. this thing and it's working great. And and then she, you know, she's constantly changing and growing and learning. And yeah. so we're having to adapt. And, and I think that's a big challenge mm-hmm. for you. All right. Well, that was kind of a long podcast, but I think it was really important because I think it kind of pulled back on the curtains kind of demystified a little bit of the homeschooling thing. Yeah. If you haven't done it before, we just wanted to show you what our, kind of give you a window into what our life is like. And if you have any questions, reach out to us. Yeah. It's never going to be perfect. Understand that. Understand that it's a constant learning. So as much as the kids are learning, you're learning as well. And I think that's, if you can take that into heart and to be adaptive, I think you'll, I think you could come into it a lot easier that it's not so stressful. It's not so crazy. It's very much something that every person can do. You know, I'm just some dumb physicist guy, <laughs> right? I'm really good at math and science, but I, I'm a. But yeah, know. but you're you're having to teach art, art, and you're having to to do some other areas that you're not as comfortable. I'm and not familiar. as good at right. So, and I have to I have to bring that in there and kind of bury away my STEM background and try to grow into my liberal arts background. Right, because our daughter isn't really a STEM person. She very She's much an is as an arts person. And so that's not what either of us naturally gravitate to. We both have kind of engineering backgrounds. So we don't do art yeah. and, and music and dance kind of in the way that she needs. So you've really had to, we've had to look for opportunities to engage that part of her because that's what she's really into. Just know you, you can do this. I, I absolutely have absolute faith that everybody has the capacity to do this, especially for the young learners. You know, maybe in high school, you may have to get some help for math and science if your kid's going in that kind of STEM route. But with these early learners, I really think it's doable for everybody. And it doesn't require as big of a time commitment as I think most people are fearful that it would be. Right. If you wanted to get the bare bones of this done, of just what you you need to cover, like if you I could took probably away do all it the, in an if hour If I took away all this, the extra stuff we did today, less than an hour. Right. And Literally you would have covered all of your bases. You did things that enriched you and enriched her. And yeah, and those the fun, were extra. And, the, and I think I think if you go into it knowing, like, I wanted to watch the Easter Island right, documentary. Right, really for you. And my, daughter wanted to wa- and my daughter wanted to watch it as well. And so I think it was fun for both of us, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and I get to talk to her about it now, and we get to reference it later. And I'm, I'm trying to think about how I could build one of the mask guys out of, like, tinfoil or something that we can kind of do like a, a, a more play with that later this week you know these are just ideas that kind of come to you every person can do this it's not hot hard i didn't use some special tools or some special manipulatives or anything i just use youtube i use disney plus and we're not getting paid by either of those people mm-hmm. um, i'm using the curriculum and it's not hard it's not hard at all and i know everybody here can do it all right so let's talk about what we're into this week kind of round out the show right we don't have any this is not a product well, not I mean, a product but some people could, sell them it could i they're for sale <laughs> do you want me to do a voice uh. <laughs> is that good no that's my good voice i didn't voice. expect <laughs> you to do that <laughs> no yeah okay what are we into this week goats goats <laughs> our neighbors got goats 
Okay, we, let's we, wait. No, 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 hold on. Time out. We live in suburban America. We, we live in an HOA, and we, they live in an they HOA, in, too. No, hey, listen, we're not writing anybody out, all right? <laughs> we're not snitches. We won't get... Snitches get stitches. <laughs> um, our neighbors got goats. Now, we thought they were getting them to eat the blackberries. We, we thought maybe they were like rent-a-goat. You've heard of that, right? Yeah, rent-a-goat like... eat a bunch of black... And they had a bunch of blackberries, and I thought that maybe... Now, the goats no. have been here for a month. Well, right. And there's a wood pile that this, this no, neighbor no. backs so, up to our backyard. Ta- yeah, let's walk it back. So we've been hearing goats. So right. I said, that's great. My daughter has been hearing goats. She said, Daddy, there's goats. I said, yes, there are. No, no. She goes, Daddy, no, literally, there's a goat. <laughs> right. And so I'm looking at the fence, which is like, you know, six yeah, foot I mean, high fence. This, this neighbor borders our backyard yeah. fence. And then they have a big, cord, you know, big stack of corded wood that they, from a felled tree. And there's a goat sitting on top of this corded wood. So it's like at the fence level. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this goat's going to jump the fence and my dog's going to lose his mind, lose her mind on this. But it didn't. So I said, hey, let's go out and take a look at the goats. So I took the young one, the older one. I, I did the daddy sumo lift and I brought him up to the fence line and they got to stare at the goats. And man, did that cause an obsession. Every time we hear the goats, we've been watching goat videos. We've been watching milking goat videos. <laughs> And I know this sounds really dumb and everyone's probably just shaking their heads at it, but this is a great example of taking something interesting in your day-to-day life and incorporating it into your homeschooling thing. My daughter was really interested in goats. I showed her a goat milking video and that got us into cow milking videos. And that the fact that the milk that was in her cereal 15 minutes ago is the same stuff coming out of those (laughs) really gross looking utter things really kind of blew her mind. And, you know, Joaquin Phoenix aside... The milk videos were really, really interesting. Yeah, they were interesting. They were super interesting. And it kind of brought her kind of that enriching, you know, understanding, deeper world understanding of things. And I could really take advantage of talking to her a lot about animal husbandry, animal care, how important it is for us to respect animals and things of that nature. And so it's just, it's this thing. It's so stupid. My neighbor's got goats. (laughs) And I, I was able to just take it and just kind of like, you know, you know, like Hulk bending the steel Right. To something that's educational, fun, and enriching. as just like a great example of how you can do this in your day-to-day life. Whether it's, you know, with corona and you're teaching your kid how to, you know, wash their hands and take care of germ, you know, idea of germs and right. whatnot. Or if it's like, hey, the, the fl- I got a flat tire. I'm going to teach them all about car maintenance, things of that nature. How you can incorporate these real-world events into mm-hmm. your homeschooling is a really, really, really important concept to really enrich the homeschooling experience around and beyond just the curriculum that you see on a day-to-day basis, but actually bring that extra stuff into your life. And, and the goats was a really good example of that. So I wanted to, you know, this podcast brought to you by goats. <laughs> <laughs> My neighbor's goats. He's got, think, he's got two of them. Yeah, I think the good thing here, the, 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 the important thing is you were watching. You were yeah. watching for something that sparked her interest. And you could have said, she could have said, oh my gosh, daddy, they have goats. And you would have been like, yep, they got goats. But instead... You took this, you saw the sparkle, and and you went with it. And not that we do that all the time, but yeah. this just shows you what can happen when you see something that they show a little bit of interest in, and you decide to probe deeper, and maybe they dive in, and now we have goat art all over our house. So thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wrap. That's a wrap. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!